Good morning, and peace be with you. I see Ed coming up. He's going to handle the uh, announcements this morning. So take it away, Ed. <laughs> Anywhere you want. <laughs> I have the honor <laughs> of doing the welcome. Welcome to you all. Invite your neighbors. We need to see a few more people in here. Tell them it's air-conditioned. Anyway, um, we're happy to be here. I want to go really quickly through some of the information that's on the blue sheet. Oh, good. Now we can start. Lee and Sharon are here. Uh, and I wanted to start off by letting people know that uh, the flowers today are donated by Hank and Doris Osmussen. They're celebrating their 55th wedding anniversary. Ooh. Let's hear it for them. That's a major accomplishment. So why don't we start off by singing a happy anniversary so we can get ready for church today. Ready? Happy anniversary to you. Happy anniversary to you. Happy anniversary, Hank and Doris. Happy anniversary to you. Uh, another thing I'd like to point out uh, is that we're doing quite well uh, with respect to um, bringing in the, uh, on our mission, the money for Pastor Gallagher's wife for a, a dog uh, for her drug-resistant epilepsy issues that will be with her and be able to tell the signs that are necessary so that someone could be there to help her. So far, we've got almost $2,000 for the month of August. Okay. Now, some people still haven't donated, so we're leaving this month, because uh, it was July, actually, and that we earned that much money toward that. But in August now, we're leaving that another month open for those that weren't able to donate, and they, they have the opportunity to do that. Um, we're having a work day on Saturday. I heard it might be cooler, uh, so if some of you would like to come out and pitch in, uh, all help is welcome. And uh, the other thing I wanted to point uh, out is we have another, another thing to celebrate, and that would be Pastor Ken. Our Pastor Ken actually had a birthday a few days ago, and we didn't get a chance to celebrate it, so we'd like to celebrate it now. So Pastor Ken, could you come up? Uh, Ashley said I shouldn't say how old he is because that's rude. Of course, he did that for Ashley, but, you know, we won't go there. So I'll just give you a hint. I'll give you a hint because I won't say his age but it's two years less than 60. Do the math. All right, let's sing. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Pastor Ken. Happy birthday to you and many, many more. Thank you. Thank you, Ed. Thank you, Sharon. Thank you, everybody. Okay, take it away. Oh. All right. Will you please stand if you are able? We come together this morning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. 
If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Now hear the good news. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Worthy is Christ, the Lamb who was slain, whose blood set us free to be people of God, power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and blessing and glory are his. This is the feast of victory for our God. Hallelujah. Sing with all the people of God and join in the hymn of all creation, blessing and honor and glory and might be to God and the Lamb forever. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God, for the Lamb who was slain has begun his reign. Alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Merciful Lord, cleanse and defend your church by the sacrifice of Christ. United with him in holy baptism, give us grace to receive with thanksgiving the fruits of his redeeming work 
and daily follow in his way. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Peace be with you. Our first reading comes from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 23, verses 16 through 29. And on your pew Bibles, you could find it on 1212. I like to call it the lying prophets. Let's see what I'm talking about. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Do not listen to what the prophets are prophesying to you. They fill you with false hopes. They speak visions from their own minds, not from the mouth of the Lord. They keep saying to those who despise me, the Lord says you will have peace. And all who follow the stubbornness of their hearts, they say, no harm will come to you. But which of them has stood in the counsel of the Lord to see or to hear his word? Who has listened and heard his word? See, the storm of the Lord will burst out in wrath, a whirlwind swirling down on the heads of the wicked. The anger of the Lord will not turn back until he fully accomplishes the purpose of his heart. In the days to come, you will understand it clearly. I did not send these prophets, yet they have run with their message. I did not speak to them, yet they have prophesied. But if they had stood in my counsel, they would have proclaimed my words to my people and would have turned them from their evil ways and from their evil deeds. Am I only a God nearby, declares the Lord, and not a God far away? Who can hide in secret places so that I cannot see them, declares the Lord? Do not. I feel, I feel heaven and earth, declares the Lord. I have heard that the prophets say, who prophesy lies in my name. They say, I had a dream, I had a dream. How long will this continue in the hearts of those lying prophets? Who prophesy, prophesy in the delusions of their own minds? They think the dreams they tell one another will make my people forget my name. Just as their ancestors forgot my name through the worship of Baal. Let the prophet who has a dream recount the dream, but let the one who has my word speak it faithfully. For what has straw to do with grain, declares the Lord? Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks rock in pieces? You can join me in, uh, on our Psalm 119, and we'll speak responsibly uh, Psalm 119, we'll be looking at uh, verse 81 through 88, responsibly. The prayers for God's help would be what we say, on, what you see is in this reading. Okay. My soul faints with longing for your salvation, but I put my hope in your word. Ah, yes, boy, I'll look at you, but say it. You comfort me. Though I am like a wineskin in the smoke, I do, I do not forget your decrees. Long must your servant wait when you punish my persecutors. The arrogant pit, excuse me, the arrogant dig pits to trap me, contrary to your law. All your commands are trustworthy. Help me. For I am being persecuted without cause. 
They almost wiped me from the earth, but I have not forsaken your precepts. Your unfailing love preserved my life, that I may obey the statutes of your mouth. Our next reading is in the book of Hebrews. Uh, that would be in chapter 11, verse 17 through verse 40, and going through chapter 12, verses 1 through 3 as well. Uh, this is on your pew Bible, if you'd like to join in following me, on 1875. In this reading, it'll talk about many heroes of faith that came before the coming of Christ and how they were able to overcome through faith. 17, by faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so, in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshiped as he leaned on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions concerning the burial of his bones. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not, af- and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than all the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, He left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the application of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the army marched around them for seven days. By faith, the prostitute, Rahab, because she she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. What more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised. Who shut the mouths of the lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword? Whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies? Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to release so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in the deserts and the mountains, living in caves and in the holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith 
yet none of them received what had been promised since God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that they will not grow weary and lose heart. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Hallelujah, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Hallelujah. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke from the 12th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our gospel this morning is from Luke chapter 12, verse, verses 49 through 56, and can be found in your pew Bible on page 1619. Paul records, I have come to bring fire on the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. But I have a baptism to undergo, and what constraint I am under until it is completed. Do you think I came to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you. No, I tell you, but division. From now on, there will be five in one family divided against each other, three against two, and two against three. And they will be divided, father against son, and son against father, mother against daughter, and daughter against mother, mother-in-law against daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. He said to the crowd, when you see a cloud rising in the west, immediately you say it's going to rain, and it does. And when the south wind blows, you say, it's going to be hot, and it is. Hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky. How is it that you don't know how to interpret this present time? This is the gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. I remember visiting my dad at the John Muir Hospital in Walnut Creek, California in 1986. And it was after he had part of his lung removed. It's what they called the upper left lobe. Everything hurt. It was a major effort for him just to get up and to take a step or two. And he had to hug a pillow to his chest every time he coughed. 
It was miserable. He was wondering if letting the surgeon open up his chest was the right thing to do. And he did get to see four of his six grandchildren born. Twelve years later, the cancer returned. The doctors in Chico, California, had been treating my father for chronic bronchitis. And then they discovered that the cancer in his lung had returned and metastasized throughout his body. And I remember my mom telling me that my dad had asked what happens next if this chemo doesn't work. What else you got? And the doctor's answer was, Graham, we are not saving the best for last. And I remember that he was bald from chemotherapy. The medical community had administered a precise dose of poison with the idea that it was a enough to kill the cancer without killing the patient. I remember he couldn't eat. I remember he was weak. That life was miserable. And that chemo slowed the inevitable. However, we were all able to share time with him together and individually before he passed in June of 1999. Now through the years, and even quite recently, I've been in the midst of people who are in physical therapy after surgeries or hip replacements or new knees. And I have found that they are engaged in a love-hate relationship with the therapist, that there is a lot of pain involved in the recovery. But with the proper care and the blessing of Almighty God, many of these people recover and leave, lead active lives after this treatment. And eventually, some will come to see that the time of painful recovery was worth it in the long run as they enjoy extra years of life and health. It seems that once we attain a certain seasoning that life has a way of doing, some people call maturity, but at some point we come to realize that there are circumstances where Present pain leads to future gain. And there are times when we realize that we have no choice but to endure a time of hardship for our own good. And it is at such times that many people will say, well, let's hurry up and get it over with. They understand that life is about to get very, very bad, but that they will be better off in the long run. Now, it appears that Jesus felt that way as he was traveling to Jerusalem to keep his appointment with the cross. He said this, I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how great is my distress until it is accomplished. That was in today's gospel reading, Luke 12, verse 50. And here Jesus was speaking of the bloody baptism of his death on the cross. And in his baptism by blood, Jesus will endure the full wrath of God for the sins of the world. And by enduring this wrath, he 
will earn forgiveness, life, and salvation for you and for me. And Jesus knew that he faced a gauntlet of shame, pain, and the forsakenness by God, the Father himself. And he knew that the endurance of that gauntlet would bring salvation to the world. And he knew that there was a specific time that the Father had set aside for this gauntlet. And his desire was that this time would hurry up and just get there. The sooner it started, the sooner it would be finished. And in a way, in a small way, Jesus was like many of us. He wished there was a way that he could hurry up and get it over with. Now, on the other hand, there are some very important ways in which Jesus is different from us when it comes to our desire to get it over with. When it comes to medical procedures, each of us receives the gain from his own pain. Blood circulates better. The cancer goes into remission. We can move more easily with less pain. However, in the case of Jesus, his pain is your gain. He suffers, but you receive the benefit. He forgives your sin, and he adopts you into his family. He gives you eternal life in his joyful present, his eagerness to endure his bloody baptism on the cross, is for you. And at the end of his journey to Jerusalem, Jesus kept his appointment with the cross, and with his suffering and his death, he earned forgiveness for you. And you can be confident of forgiveness because at the end of his ordeal, Jesus cried out, it is finished. And he finished his baptism in blood for you. His baptism in blood guarantees that your baptism joins you to him. His righteous life becomes your righteousness. His holy death washes away all of your sins. His resurrection is the promise that you will also rise from the dead to join him in eternal joy. All that he has, all that he has belongs to you because his pain, his pain is your gain. Now sadly, there are those who reject this gracious gift that Jesus earned with his baptism in blood. Some simply reject the idea that there is an eternity and others believe in a life after this one, but they prefer to earn their own way into eternity. And in either case, by rejecting the gift that Jesus earned for them, they have condemned themselves to eternal torment. There is salvation for them, but they do not have it because they reject it. It is they who have lost their salvation. Now Jesus warned that those who reject his salvation will take offense at him. That is what is meant when he said, Do you think that I have come to give peace on earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. For from now on in one house there will be five divided, 
three against two and two against three. They will be divided, father against son and son against father and mother against daughter and daughter against mother and so on and so on. This is not a happy scenario. Even the strong bond of family will break apart over the salvation provided by Jesus because some will reject it. Now this division is not, it is not God's will. He would have us all bear with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Holy Spirit in the bond of peace. That's from Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus. Paul wrote in Ephesians 4, 2 through 3. But even so, the evil one uses those who reject the gospel to attack the gospel. And so it is that Jesus is simply being realistic. He's talking straight. Even though he does not desire division, those who reject his salvation will cause that division. The division is especially strong and especially evident in our culture. That is because we are willing to sacrifice truth for the sake of peace. We are willing to tolerate all sorts of evil for the sake of just getting along. We do not base our decisions on what is right, but what is pleasurable, what is easy. We do not, excuse me, we are more interested in what makes us feel good than what is truly, truly good. And the sad thing about this is that there can be no real peace without truth. Jesus said this, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. John 8 Verses 31, 32. So it is Jesus himself who established truth as the source of freedom. And he taught the truth that frees us. He taught us that it is found in his very word. It is found in the Bible. When Martin Luther studied the words of Jesus concerning peace and truth, he said, peace, if possible, truth at all cost. Christ's attitude toward the truth was, is also caused one Baptist minister, his name was Adrian Rogers, to say this. It is better to be divided by truth than to be united in error. It is better to speak the truth that hurts and then heals than to speak a lie that will comfort and then kill. It is better to be hated for telling the truth than to be loved for telling a lie. It is better to stand alone with the truth than to be wrong with a multitude. It is better to ultimately die with the truth than to live with a lie. The devil and the world, and especially our own sinful nature, despise the truth. They despise the truth because the truth states that we are fallen sinners. The truth is that each and every one of us sins many, many times every day. That means that each and every one of us earns God's eternal punishment each and every day. And the truth is, is that there is nothing that we can do to rescue ourselves from this condition. This is a terrifying truth that we would rather ignore. 
Now the problem with ignoring the truth is that ignoring the truth does not make the truth go away. Although the truth of our sin is terrifying, ignoring this truth is the most dangerous thing that we can do. Because when we ignore the truth of our sin, we also ignore the truth of the gospel. The truth of the baptism of blood that Jesus endured on the cross. The baptism of blood that earned forgiveness, life, and salvation for you. The devil, the world, and especially our own sinful nature will do anything to hide this truth from you. They will label you as divisive or narrow-minded or bigoted, hateful, and so forth. They will tempt you to surrender the truth just so that you can get along. And in this way, they hope to rob you of the truth that saves. They say that they are trying to create unity when they are really trying to create division, especially division between you and God our Father. Jesus warns us about the deception of the devil, the world, and our own sinful nature by telling us the truth that unity with God will cause division with the world. God does not cause these divisions. It is the false doctrines of false teachers who cause divisions. And as the Holy Spirit inspired Jeremiah to write in our Old Testament reading this morning, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesied to you, filling you with vain hopes. They speak visions of their own minds and not from the mouth of the Lord. Jeremiah 23, 16. Everyone who expresses an opinion without checking it against the word of God is a false prophet. And boy, are they all over YouTube now. Don't listen to that. That didn't come from Scripture. Oh, it is enticing. But these false prophets, they are the true dividers. Jesus was eager to undergo his baptism of blood on the cross in order to unite us with him. For he desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of truth. 1 Timothy 2.4 He has sent the Holy Spirit to work in us through Holy Scripture, through absolution, baptism, and the Lord's Supper to establish and maintain the faith that receives the unity and other gifts Jesus earned for us. The unity that Jesus earned for us lasts into eternity where those who believe, those who believe will experience the joy of Christ's presence forever. In the name of Jesus, Amen.
Please stand if you're able. Let us now confess our faith together to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray for the whole church in Christ Jesus, and for all people according to their needs. Gracious God, our fathers in the faith have gave a good confession of your truth before the powers of this world. In the spirit of Jeremiah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, and Moses, strengthen our hearts in days of division to confess in our words and lives the glory of your name. Lord, in your mercy, Lord of hosts, you inspired your servant Jeremiah to proclaim your word amid the lies of false prophets. Arm your servants in our day with the power of your Holy Spirit to contradict the lies of the enemy and build up your church upon the eternal foundation of your word. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, you settle the solitary in families in order to nurture their faith and train them in righteousness. Bless and strengthen parents to bring up their children to resist temptation and to endure all things for the sake of your name. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God Almighty, behold our nation and all those in authority in your mercy and replenish them by your grace that all who receive the sword would bear it according to your word, always inclining to your will and walking in your way. Grant that we might lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and honesty, Lord, in your mercy, O oh Lord, grant healing to the sick, strength to the weak, endurance to bear up under trial, patience to await his deliverance, and peace at the last. Lord, in your mercy, Lord God, your Son promises division, even as he promises salvation. Inspire our hearts to prize our baptism and the communion of the saints above all other relations in this world, even as we fervently pray and strive for the salvation of those we know and love. Lord, in your mercy. God of our fathers, you bless your church with enduring witness of your saints who now rest from their labors. As we join their heavenly communion in the Lord's Supper, grant that we would share their faith in Christ now and to life's end. Lord, in your mercy, hear us, most merciful Father, in these our humble requests. 
which we offer unto you in the name and for the sake of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And now may the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace. Will you please pray with me? Blessed are you, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection he opened up to us the way of everlasting life. And so with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks and then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us pray together the prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. Jesus kept an appointment on the cross. Not an appointment that was for his gain, but an appointment that resulted in your gain and my gain and anyone who should believe's gain. And what is that gain? Well, he rescued us from sin, death, and the devil. He assures us that in a death like his, we have died in baptism. And in a resurrection like his, we have been resurrected in baptism. And this is a foretaste of the meal to come, the, 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 the feast that awaits us in heaven. It is a deposit. It is an assurance to all who should believe that he meant what he said and he said what he meant and you are going to be with him in eternity if that is your confession and I heard you all confess. 
So this meal is for all who believe and confess with their lips Jesus is Lord and Savior. You may wait for the ushers to bring you forward, but come, the table is prepared.
You know me to be a simple man with a simple faith. That the world wants to complicate things, and boy, it gets really bent out of shape with a phrase like this. Are you ready to hear what makes the world go sideways and crazy? You ready to hear it? Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible and my mom told me so. And how much more do I really need to know? Amen? And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Above all wisdom and all the ways of men, you were here before the world began. I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted, you were condemned. Spirit is within me because you died and rose again. Crucified, laid behind the stone. You lived to die, rejected and alone like a rose, trampled on the ground. You took the fall. Joy to honor you.